0: Welcome to Soccer 101, the podcast in which we attempt to scratch your soccer question itches. My name is Ryan Bailey, and on today's show, with it being an international break, we're looking at World Cup qualification. How does it work in each of FIFA's six confederations? How has COVID impacted the 2022 cycle? Why did Comnibol design it to make it so darn easy for Brazil and Argentina to go through every time? All <laughs> these questions and more we shall tackle. Joining me is part of the awesome and for your oral pleasure today. We have Taylor Rockwell. I said oral.
1: <laughs> you
2: did, and I appreciated it. How are you, do- you doing, Ryan?
0: Good, thank you, sir. Graham Rothman, how are you today?
1: Not bad. I'm looking forward to talking about the one thing that Scotland is worse at than any anything else. So that's going to be fun. Now we're not talking <laughs> about cooking today, Graham.
2: All oh, oh. right. Yeah. <laughs> why, Graham? Why? Why would you
1: start that way? Why would you just <laughs> tee him up? <laughs> I mean, he's seen our deep fried pizza. I know he's got nothing in us on our cooking. Uh, you know, anyone can see how
3: good that is. Sure. And hello, Joseph Lowry. <laughs> Oh, hello, Ryan. Uh, I don't have anything else to add, guys.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, we are talking about World Cup qualification. Of course, being a Scott Graham, you have plenty of expertise in this area, so we'll be, coming, we'll be leaning on you for this uh, episode. Uh, a total of 210 FIFA member nations have and are attempting to qualify for the Big Jamboree in Qatar next winter, fighting for 31 places because Qatar's hosts Taylor, guaranteed entry. On a scale of one to uh, a gazillion, how much are you looking forward to the Qatar World Cup, Taylor. I am very,
2: very, very much looking to forward to the World Cup. To it being in Qatar, I'm a one on that
3: scale.
0: Mm. Yeah. Joe,
3: how do you feel about a winter World Cup? It's weird, right? And and the timing is weird. And we <laughs> talked about it in a TSS episode very recently as well, I don't know when listeners are listening to this particular show, maybe it's sometime in the future, in which case, hello, I assume you're watching me via hologram, but still, we talked about how that wasn't Qatar's original bid, and Taylor brought that point up, so it's, it's very, very strange that it's in the winter, uh, it's going, I mean, everything's better in Arizona in the winter, so I, as far as like the atmosphere and my viewing experience, I, I, know I'm, I guess there's a lot of positives there, I'm excited for the soccer, but like Taylor said, the rest of the surrounding circumstances, much less ideal. Graham, I think the
0: uh, the the final is going to be on December eighteenth. I think the original plan was to have it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Are you upset that it's not that? Because I think that would have been awesome.
1: Yeah. So my my immediate reaction when I heard it was going to be on Christmas Eve was that's a terrible idea. And then the more I thought about it, I was actually kind of into that because by Christmas Eve, I don't know about anyone else, but you're kind of you're kind of settled for the twenty fifth. You're probably. <laughs> at home not really doing all that much and if you're doing some last minute shopping well you've you've screwed that up so um <laughs> yeah 24th well 24th of december world cup final i was i was looking forward to that in a weird sort of way and i feel like i'm probably going to be busier on what did you say the 18th 18th yeah. yeah that feels but, like that's going to be harder to sit down and watch that for a couple of hours but obviously i will it's the world cup final
0: that's when you'll actually be doing your shopping i imagine graham yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I have not felt more attacked from Graham until this very moment because, yeah, Christmas Eve is usually my like. Well, gotta go hustle and do some oh, things. Oh no, now, sort Taylor, of no. Yep. for real. Yeah. <sighs> well, it, it used to be our family tradition that we would all go out, and it was like, a, a, like you know, you're like if when you're 15, it's harder to go to stores on your own. So it would be this like, yeah, we're going out for Christmas Eve morning. I think we'd go out really early and and do the shopping, and then come back, and then we'd have the
0: dinner. Is there anything left on that day, Taylor? In the stool, yeah, b- yeah, bad stuff, real cheap, <laughs> 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 or really expensive
2: stuff that's overpriced because you waited too late. One of the other, one of the uh, other. Well, it's uh,
1: like that Friends episode when Joey gets the presents from the—is it the gas station he gets, or, or whatever? That's like I, your Christmas shopping every year. I may have given either my mom or my brother like a
2: fat joe album once like a cd because it was like this is what they had and it's and it was probably one of those like i want to listen to this but i'm gonna give it to you and you're not gonna want it and then it's mine you gave your mom a fat joe cd i think i gave it to my brother i'm pretty sure i gave it to my brother because he liked music and so i went that route
0: i was like 12 it's not my fault and did you enjoy the album yourself instead yeah i sure did. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we covered that. Let's get back to how does World Cup qualification work. Uh, qualifying for this 2022 World Cup started all the way back in June 2019. It's going to go till June 2022. Uh, so much like Graham's attempt to grow stubble, qualification is three years in the making, baby. Sorry, Graham, I didn't need to take another shot at you there, but I, that's just where my brain went. I apologize. So we have um, the six confederations, which we're going to... would take three years for stubble, to be honest. Has it? Yeah, it's... Yeah, more like 33, right? Anyway. Uh, Six confederations (laughs) (laughs) uh, the AFC of Asia, CAF, which is Africa's confederation, CONCACAF of North, Central America, and Caribbean, CONMEBOL for South America, OFC for Oceania, which always sounds mystical to me. And UEFA for Europe. Um, the In terms of the distribution of places, the 32 places or the 31 places up for grabs, as it were, uh, the AFC get uh, four between four and five, depending on the intercontinental playoff. More on that later. CAF get five. CONCACAF get three to four places. for uh, four to five places. OFC zero to one places. And UEFA get a solid 13 places. And the hosts get one, of course. Uh... OFC is one nation bigger than CONNBOL, uh, who get four to five places. They get zero to one places. There's some, there's a lot of mismatches in terms of sizes, but it's uh, very much uh, these allocations are picked by a FIFA executive committee. It's the same allocations that have been used since 2006. Uh, all confederations, I believe, are playing qualifiers in this weekend, or as, as we are recording, except uh, the OFC. With, uh, with its 11 teams. They're back in January 22, I believe. We're going to go through the Confederations. Why don't we start off with
3: CONCACAF? Oh yeah, baby. Ryan, how do you want us to break this down? Because I'm going to start out with some basic facts and maybe you can ask me some, some more specific questions. CONCACAF, like you mentioned, gets three to four spots in World Cup qualification. I love I love the playoff. It's against uh, an opponent from Asia or South America or Oceania, and it's it's awesome. It's a great time. CONCACAF has 35 FIFA-affiliated member associations that are eligible to participate in the World Cup. And prior to this particular 2022 World Cup cycle, they had a pretty established format. It started off with the lowest ranked FIFA, the lowest FIFA ranked teams of that 35 playing each other. Then you add in the next batch, and then you add in the next batch, and there's five rounds, and it ends eventually with the hex, which is pretty famous, the hexagonal, which was the six remaining teams in CONCACAF, and based off of that that particular round, the top three go, and the fourth team enters into that playoffs. COVID threw a giant wrench into that particular format because a number of FIFA windows had to be uh, had to be canceled because of the pandemic. So they changed the format a little bit to what is now the Ocho, or uh, that's at least what I'm going to call it. There's still a debate. Like, we haven't been able to decide what the particular strategy, format is called, <laughs> <laughs> but... Now it's the Ocho, and I, I like the Ocho personally. But it's it's the top five CONCACAF teams in the FIFA rankings. They automatically qualified for the final round of World Cup qualification, which I'm going to call the Ocho. So that was Mexico, the U.S., Costa Rica, Jamaica, Honduras, a lot of the the usual... suspects in that that way. Then it's two rounds before the Ocho. So round one is 6 through 35 in the FIFA rankings. They're drawn into a bunch of different groups. They play a round-robin-type tournament and group winners qualify for the second round. So then the six teams that made it out of round one go into three individual matchups, so they're each paired off uh, into into three separate matchups. They're It's a home and away series, and the three winners of those games go to the final round. So it is pretty straightforward. Maybe this sounds a little bit complex, but it is pretty straightforward. So in this particular iteration, it was El Salvador, Panama, and Canada. So those three joined the original five, and now they play each other in a round robin. The top three qualify. The fourth goes into that playoff, and I don't know what could be simpler, guys.
0: It sounded extremely simple, yes. Uh, I think we can ask some questions about these, but perhaps we should run through real quick and talk about the other five confederations before we talk about maybe the design of the confederations and what could be done differently. Uh, I'll jump in at this point with the AFC, the uh, the Asian confederation, of which Qatar are a part, but they're not qualifying, as I mentioned. 46 teams entering uh, from AFC qualification, including the likes of Japan, South Korea, Australia who are not in Oceania perhaps more on that later uh, than they should be Uh, and China in there too North Korea were involved but withdrew at the second round stage uh AFC gets four and a half slots four direct slots and one of the inter-confederation playoffs which Joe mentioned there uh four rounds of qualifiers here the first two rounds also double as qualification for the 2023 afc asian cup as well they're doubling up there first round only for the 12 lowest ranked teams by fifa rankings second round 40 teams in eight groups home and away round robin styly. third round 12 best teams go through there two groups of six teams home and away round robin style top two teams each qualify. bada bing bada boom Third place teams go to the four, fourth round, and the fourth round is where two teams play each other uh, in the intercontinental uh, to get to the intercontinental playoff. Uh, I think I've just about covered the AFC there. The four teams from four confederations are drawn into two ties. That's the Inter- uh, I'm describing the intercontinental playoff now. AFC, concaf CONMEBOL, and OFC are involved in that intercontinental playoff, which I think is quite a fun quirk of qualifying, by the way, which will determine the final two spots of the tournament in terms of covid it disrupted the second round of se qualification the last four matches uh were were, uh, divided by nearly a year and a half Um, the last four matches of uh, the last four game days of AFC qualification um, of the last most recent four in the second round played in centralised venues as well so Australia for example in Group B played all of their games in Kuwait we are now at this September period at the start of the third round of qualification match day one of the third round coming up some spicy groups here Group A is a spicy group gents Iran, Iraq, Syria and Lebanon all in the same group oh boy oh boy yeah, <laughs> I'm going to guess some of those are being played at neutral venues. Yeah, I think there might be some interesting politics going there and some venue substitutions. Uh, group B has got um, Japan, Saudi, Australia and China. So it's almost as if they, they put more politically troubled teams into nations into one group. Third round is going to be done by March 2022. Four teams will qualify from there uh, some interesting stuff from the earlier stages here, there's there's smaller nations in, in the FC like the Maldives which is tiny, Guam, Cambodia is in there um, Kuwait beat Chinese to pay 9-0 in the second round, we've got some big massively uh, one-sided scores going on here, uh, one of the best I could find was Iran beat Cambodia 14-0, only two hat-tricks in that, and then in the next time they played them, Iran beat Cambodia 10-0 And in that 10-0, nine different scorers. And that's a 24-0 aggregate between Iran and Cambodia in the the games they played with one another. Cambodia finished that group uh, with a minus 42 goal difference from eight games. Go Cambodia. Uh, Japan also got a 14-0 win over Mongolia. And in the next game, uh, they played Myanmar and got a 10-0 win as well. So... AFC's got some slightly unbalanced matches, gents, is where I will leave it there. OFC, Taylor. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, mine is a little bit simpler. Uh, the OFC, uh, Oceana has 11 uh, member teams. The way it works is they're split into two groups, one of five, one of six. Uh, Your, I think the top two from each group then go to the final round where they have... Uh, basically a playoff, two legs, then after that, the two teams that win advance, they play each other in the final. The team that wins that, that advances to the intercontinental, uh, interconfederation, I call it intercontinental, interconfederation playoffs, uh, where they will then have it determined who they play. There isn't the kind of fixed draw, so we don't know if it will be from CONCACAF or Comma or, or or elsewhere. But that is basically how it works. The question I had for you all... As I said, there are eleven member nations. How many do you think you three combined can name? Ugh. It's not Australia, <laughs> I know that. Uh huh. New Zealand. New Zealand is is the top ranked association, one hundred twenty second in the world.
1: American Samoa.
2: You are correct. Well done, Graham. Oh, nice. You got two. Uh huh. Um, wow. Hey, Graham. Graham, drop the American from it.
3: Samoa. <laughs> there we go. That's another That's one. That's mine. There we go. Fiji. I'm that Fiji. One. Yes. Fiji, Fiji, Fiji. Also yep. in
2: there. You guys are doing well. Uh, I've got nothing else. There's a Scotland-ish one. You got New Caledonia, Caledonia. Solomon Islands, Tahiti, Vanuatu, uh, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, and the Cook Islands, who are unranked uh, in the FIFA rankings. So, yes, the top ranked is New Zealand at 122nd. uh, Tonga, the bottom ranked at 202nd, with, again, the Cook Islands unranked. So that explains why you don't get the full just spot automatically coming out of Oceania. It's why you have to do the playoff, and it's specifically why Australia left Oceania, because they got tired of dominating and qualifying, and then basically it being a toss-up of are we getting like Argentina in a down year, or Mexico in a down year? And you don't really want to have to kind of trust it all on that one big playoff game. Even if it's two legs, it's still risky. You'd rather just go through qualifying and have a balance.
0: They were allowed by the OFC to leave just because they didn't want to risk playing in that playoff then.
2: I mean, I'm sure there was more to it. I'm sure they had to do a lot of lobbying and petitioning to go from one to the other. But maybe there's an argument that if you're an Oceania country, if you're New Zealand, you're probably not going to oppose it because then you go to World Cups. Otherwise, you wouldn't have. You're not really ever going to be able to compete with Australia, like generally speaking, unless they're having a really down season. And so it does open it up a bit more. And it is how we get like Tahiti at a Confederations Cup. So maybe that's part of it as well.
0: Um, Oceana, Does it have a nation that like is underwater? I always imagine there's one.
2: <laughs> yeah, like Atlantis is the fifteenth uh, or is the twelfth uh, member state, but they haven't quite participated in a while, so we'll see. Fingers crossed they come back. But for now, I don't think there's anybody else underwater. I'm now not confident that you weren't being serious, Ryan.
0: They just need a heavier ball. That's what they <laughs> need down there to keep it down. Um, Graham, UEFA, what you got?
1: Yep. I uh, I got the, the big boys. I think I drew the, the longer straw out of this because this is the confederation I obviously know the most about. So the first thing to say is uh, World Cup qualification has, has changed a number of times, particularly at times when the, the finals have been expanded, which is going to happen again, obviously, for 20, uh, 2026 when we're going to 48 teams. So this is, I'm just going to go through how qualifying will work for 2022. It's too much to go through how things have worked in the past. So as you mentioned at the top of the show, Ryan, there are 13 qualifying spots for 2022 that go go to UEFA that's a third of the total 36 which gives you an idea of this how the strength of UEFA is, is viewed they're very much viewed as the 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 dominant confederation I think it's 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 fair to say that is actually a smaller percentage than it has been in the past for instance at USA 94 it was 12 out of 24 were from UEFA so 50% so we're now down to a third, um, the current qualifying cycle started in March 2020, which is which actually before the Euros, which is very unusual. That doesn't normally happen. Mm. It normally, ha- it starts after the the Euros, and it will finish in March 2021, which is also unusual because it, it usually finishes in November before the. The, the tournament in the summer, but this World Cup is, as you might have heard, a Winter World Cup, as it was always pitched as, so there's not really much of a difference between the end of the qualification and the start of the tournament. So the standard qualification process sees 55 teams, that's how many member nations are in UEFA. They're split into 10 groups, so 5 of 5 and 5 of 6 teams. The four teams that made it into the UEFA Nations League finals, which I will talk a little bit more about coming up, they, that kind of mixes into this qualification process. So in this case, it's France, Belgium, Italy, and Spain. They were placed into smaller groups, kind of as a bit of a reward, fewer games for them to to play. Um, the 10 winners of those groups, of the 10 groups, um, get automatic qualification for the 2022 World Cup. Your plane ticket is punched at that point. It's very nice and it's simple for them. Congratulations, you're off to Qatar. You'll love it there. And uh, (laughs) the 10 runners-up go into a playoff format at that point, along with the two, this is where it gets complicated, (laughs) the 10 runners-up go into a playoff format at that point, along with the best two Nations League group winners who didn't finish in the top two of their World Cup group. Are you still following that? Makes total sense. <laughs> so from there, the 12 teams are drawn into three playoff paths. Um, they play two rounds of single match playoffs, semi-final, and a final. And then from those three paths, you get three teams, three victorious teams, who join the other automatic qualifiers. Of course, there's ten of those, and that makes up the 13 from UEFA, and they're all off to Qatar if I'm looking at some of the kind of the heavyweight nations obviously there's a lot that you will know in here um you know five heavyweight nations as I consider it Germany France Italy Spain and Portugal I would say and then Uh all that you have the likes of England Uh Netherlands excuse me (laughs) (laughs) nothing continue (laughs) I'm just looking at the the world cup record of these of these countries Ryan and it seems like England maybe haven't been successful at one for a little while uh so yeah croatia netherlands belgium england uh, you know these are all the names that you you know um and at present none of those heavyweight nations that i mentioned seem to be at risk of missing out uh, on the next world cup germany is perhaps the biggest shock at the moment they're third in group j below armenia and north macedonia but we're only three games in still still seems like they're in pretty good shape to to finish top but Armenia could maybe be the shock at 2022. They've got nine points from a possible nine after wins over North Macedonia, Iceland and Romania. So as I say, very early days, but that's maybe one storyline to keep an eye on if we're looking for a surprise qualifier heading to Qatar.
0: So as you say, Graham, 13 teams from 55 going through from UEFA. That's 25, around 25% of the confederation goes through. In CAF, in Africa, around less than 10% uh five slots available for 54 teams so say about that what you will in CAF, the first round is done it was the bottom 28 teams drawn in two leg matches which cut down that 28 to 14 that was done by September 2019 second round begins this weekend just the two years later in fact not this weekend it's happening right now uh, so it's going to be the first time we'll see qualification for the major nations we're talking Nigeria Cameroon Tunisia Egypt Ghana Senegal Morocco whom are all seeded away from one another in 10 groups of uh, the top of each advances to the third round second round is done by November Uh, third round starts after that where the 10 group winners go into five home and away matches to determine our victors our five teams so a relatively simple process for CAF Um, there's been some scheduling stuff because AFCON the Africa Cup of Nations in 2021 was moved from this summer to uh, this upcoming January and February Uh, the controversy around uh, some controversy around CAF has been uh, pertaining recently to the premier league not releasing players to red list countries many of whom are african nations not all but many are um egypt sudan south africa for example uh, other red list countries by the way at the moment for the premier league teams would uh, it would affect argentina colombia brazil uh, uruguay a lot of south america as well uh that's calf where shall we go next uh, taylor what else you got uh, I have got South America Bowl uh, which has
2: the 10 member nations uh, f- discerning... Uh, geography students will tell you that, uh, South America has 14 countries, but only 10 member states when it comes to, uh, their soccer playing. Uh, the other ones either don't have national teams or play in CONCACAF, but you've got your 10 main ones. Everybody plays each other once home, once away, 18 games total for all of the 10 countries. And at the end, the top four go through automatically. The fifth place team currently Colombia, would advance to those inter-confederation
0: playoffs. So Taylor, I sort of, I want to ask you, and maybe I'll ask the group. Where is it easiest, in your opinion, to qualify? My and my cheeky comment at the top of the show about Brazil and Argentina always finding a way through, with you know, four and a half places in CONMEBOL for, for ten teams. It suggests to me that is less peril and it's a less complex route. Uh, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. And I
2: think you're correct that you usually are going to get Brazil and Argentina. And then oftentimes it's going to be Uruguay, Colombia. And then maybe there's like one more team. It's like Ecuador, it could be Paraguay, usually Chile involved in that conversation. So yeah, I think you tend to get a lot of the same teams. Where there can be wrinkles are when you have to play, say, Bolivia, who have crazy elevation, Ecuador the same, and so Bolivia, I think, tend to get, like, draws and wins at home and then get destroyed on the road because you have to take that sort of travel and the, the, the climate, the altitude, all those things have to be factored in, but I still think, at the end of the day, that, like, roughly half of your confederation is going through. It is probably, maybe easy is the wrong word, but it is the most straightforward, the least tricky overall, I think, to come out of South America.
0: But it always seems that Argentina make a meal of it, don't they? So in the last few tournaments, oh, are they going to qualify? <laughs> yeah, they are. It tends are it
2: tends to be directly connected to if Diego Maradona is the coach. Then they really <laughs> tend to struggle to uh, to make it there. But yeah, I think there there is always that one that like you think is going to be in there and then at the last second does end up making it in. And I thought that would be Chile last time, but then they ended up not going. So Chile do prove that some teams can miss, but I would also point out that they have not been as strong as they've been in the past. So it makes a little bit of sense on that front, but yeah, you're kind of, the juggernauts of the region are always going to end up qualifying, because you have 18 games, it's plenty of time to make up those points if you have that big talent deficit, or difference.
0: Joe, I've always considered CONCACAF to be relatively easy for the relative juggernauts, but given what (laughs) happened in 2018, would you agree with that?
3: Uh, I still would, right? Obviously you have that big old caveat from the last time around with the US Men's National Team, but... In the competition relative to, I mean, we're talking about AFCON or even like Comable. Comable is the teams are so good in a lot of sense. Yep. Like, like those teams would thrive, I think, in CONCACAF. The hardest part about CONCACAF is not necessarily the quality of the opposition, although it is getting better. And in, in this time around, I think, will be more challenging than in the past in terms of the relative quality of the opponents for the United States men's national team and the rest of the teams in CONCACAF. The hardest part, though, is. The away games, the hardest part is going and playing in some different conditions. This time, the, the qualification windows are all really tight and compact, and so there's three games, so the squad depth is more important than ever. It's a lot of the outside, more peripheral factors that are a little more challenging than the quality of the teams that, that CONCACAF opponents are facing on a regular basis. And to double down on that uh, from Joe's, Joe's point there, like— I think there's an
2: assumption that, like, well, it's the U.S. Like, countries in Central America hate the United States, so it's always going to be really, really difficult for the U.S. to go there. And I would say that is definitely true, but also maybe Google the soccer war to see that there's also a lot of regional rivalries where yeah. they don't get along either. So yeah. I think it's it's pretty combative across the board. But I, I also think that if we're kind of ranking them in terms of difficulty, I think Concacaf K- is probably near the bottom just because we are still talking about, like, quote-unquote titans of the region would be mexico and the united states and then costa rica versus brazil argentina uruguay colombia i think there is probably a sizable difference there
0: graham what do you feel about the perils of ua for qualification it's, it seems like there's always or there's often one big team that doesn't make it um i, I as an england fan i am i'm conflicted about qualification because i know it's a very exciting time but also it's quite boring for England because we always tend to do well in qualification and then disappoint yeah. in the tournament. Certainly that's uh, not not maybe not for the last one, but generally speaking. And it seems like like we've got Andorra and Poland coming up in this break, and I feel like we play Andorra and Poland every time and just get either convincing or not so convincing wins.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly feel like UEFA qualifying is, is the most boring. It feels a lot, a lot like a procession a lot of the time, and I think yeah. that's that's just maybe a consequence of how, how many... Th- and member teams there are. So as I said, there's there's 10 groups of qualifying in, in, in UEFA, and how many how many teams did I mention kind of heavyweights, like eight or nine? So you're always going to have, and obviously the you have seeding, so you're always going to have one heavyweight in every group, and so it's very easy for, and Italy, I think Italy won all their games before, I know I'm, I'm mixing Euros and World Cup, but it's a very similar process, you know, Italy I think won all their games before the Euros, it's very common for one of the heavyweights to do that. And you know, it's certainly still interesting further further down when you get kind of. I mentioned Armenia, you know, nine points out of nine. You know, that, that's a good story. And, and there are, you do get big nations who miss out. Netherlands obviously didn't qualify for, for 2018. So it does happen. But it certainly feels like UEFA has the, the biggest problem in terms of finding the right format to provide excitement. And that's pretty much what the Nations League. I know Nations League is now in CONCACAF and it's a format that's been adopted around the world. But. That was very much a UEFA concept originally and it was designed to try and find some more in- entertainment in-, in international soccer in, in Europe. So yeah, mm. I totally agree with you.
0: And if UEFA is a procession, might I add that CAF is the opposite? I think it's the most intriguing format. It's just one of the simplest formats but as I mentioned uh, in the second round 10 groups of four, the top of each advances to the third round and the third round is just a playoff game between each of, the, each of the 10 group winners. So there's brutal. five teams go through from 10 and there's a home and away tie in each one. It's basically like a Champions League final for each team. And it almost, it's almost feels like a coin toss as, a, as to which team you're going to get in there. And it feels like there's a lot more peril in that format. What do, what do you think, Joe? Could, could, other, could other confederations learn from that and make things a bit spicier and a bit more interesting by doing something like that? Or is it a bit too risky for the juggernauts?
3: Oh, it's, it's risky. And so I don't know that a lot of the big-name teams outside of that particular confederation are going to be excited about that. But man, spicy is exactly what it would be. Can you imagine like if the U.S. and Mexico somehow got drawn together in that final round in a home and away? That would be incredible. It would be sad in the World Cup to not be seeing one of those teams, at least from my perspective. But that format would make things extremely exciting across the world. Ryan, I, I kind of love it. I love it too. And
0: if we're talking about shaking things up, I'm kind of going say
3: you all are insane. <laughs> like,
2: like, I, that, that is, I think it's just because I have the, the loyalty to Bob Bradley when I thought Egypt were definitely going to finally make the World Cup and then they had to play Ghana after like cruising through their group. Then they play Ghana in a knockout round and that's it. You're done. And it just felt so brutal and so swift after like years of trying to way. qualify. It's harsh. It was harsh. It is
1: harsh. Life is harsh, Taylor. That's fair. a reflection That's of fair. that. The other, ref- the other thing to mention, not, sorry, j- just a downside of that, would be let's not forget that the, the, the end outcome of this is to produce the like the best mm-hmm. World Cup. And so, yeah, sure, that would make the qualifying a lot more interesting. So logical, agree. Graham. Ugh. But yet, would the World Cup <laughs> suffer as a result? And I don't want the World Cup to suffer. I, I want to see, if we're talking about adopting a, a calf format for UEFA, like, I want to see Germany-France in the World Cup finals. So if, if that was to at the, come at the cost of that, maybe it wouldn't be such a good thing.
0: So, uh, talking about shaking things up a little bit, I've got a revolutionary idea which I haven't thought all the way through, but I'd like to present. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm, I'm not the hugest fan of international breaks. I don't like the way they sort of break up the season. I like watching my Premier League every weekend, for example. What if, say we got a 2022 world cup and it's a normal summer world cup. In 2021, that summer is a qualification tournament. Each confederation holds its own tournament to qualify for the world cup proper. So obviously different teams have different uh, different confederations have different amounts of teams in them and they'd have to work out different ways of constructing that tournament, but it was all done in one summer and it would mean smaller teams. Your Maldives and Atlantis in OFC would get experience of the tournament, <laughs> and uh, and and we'd get all the qualification out of the way in one fell swoop, and it could be pretty good TV. As I say, I haven't thought this all the way through, but Graham, does this not sound like the greatest idea anyone anyone's ever thought of ever?
1: I definitely like the idea of having it at one time, because that's the that is the most annoying thing. Particularly this this specific international break that we're going into is the most annoying international break because you're just getting into the season, leagues are three four games old, and then you have two weeks off, and that that whole momentum is, is lost. So I like that idea, for UEFA though, and for CAF, which I think is the other big confederation. I'm thinking about how a fifty five team tournament is going to work because then, you know, you would need to have Surely we need to have qualification for the qualifiers in some way. Or you do it like the Nations League, and I'm not sure the Nations League format is that easy to understand or that entertaining. So there are flaws in it, I think. No, Cav in- would do just
0: one giant knockout tournament, wouldn't they? they just keep halving it down in like a bracket. That's what I think they do.
3: I think, because Graham, I was thinking about that same problem. I love the idea, Ryan. I think it would be incredibly fun, and it does solve the problem of club soccer being interrupted a lot. I think you would have to have some of the bigger confederations in the lower-ranked FIFA teams, the lower FIFA-ranked teams, I think they would have to play preliminary games, right? I think almost like in March Madness for college basketball here in the United States, they have, you know, you still get selected for the tournament, but it's not 64 teams. It's not four groups of 16 that's selected. It's 68 teams, and there's a little play-in game. It would would be kind of like that. There's two little play-in games. It would be like that, but on a larger scale. You'd have to have, I don't know, the the bottom number of teams play in some sort of playoff or, or something to whittle that group down because you can't hold a 53 or 55 team my, tournament or whatever it is, can you? I mean, that's that's a lot.
1: I mean, my, my idea was pretty similar. I was just going to propose we throw every international team onto the one pitch at the one time mm-hmm. and just let it play out <laughs> for a day for like 24 hours and Knight could yes. get an advert out of it or something. And if you concede, you just walk off and the last 36 teams stand and qualify and it's all done in 24 hours.
0: Um, Taylor, you've been very quiet about my amazing idea. Why do you hate my idea?
1: I don't. I'm actually into your idea.
2: Because as I understand it, it sounds pretty similar to what uh, at least CONCACAF does for women's World Cup qualifying, where you have, I think this past one, they had a, a tournament for like two weeks in October, and then you had your teams that would qualify, and you had qualification rounds to get into that competition, and maybe that's where you could like do a hybrid thing where you have the smaller confederations or the smaller nations are all playing a bunch more games because the idea then is the smaller nations get more games, they get more opportunities to develop their national teams and develop their talent pool. And then at the end of that, they all advance to that, that final big tournament and then you've got, uh, you've got the kind of cream of the crop, the, the creme de la creme ready to go. I like this plan, Ryan. I like this plan.
0: Thank you very much. Let's propose it to FIFA and give me all of the monies. Uh, thank i you think we have
2: to give them all the money yeah I was then say they FIFA approve all plan that money then we get the money yeah
0: okay i told you i haven't thought this all the way through we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> um i think that just about covers world cup qualification Jens. thank you very much i would like to ask though uh ConkerCaf, The the Show, joe and taylor how much are we looking forward how much are we excited about this stage of qualification and these games that are coming up joe
3: Oh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I know it's a little bit different for fans of other countries and other nationalities, but World Cup qualifying, especially after the last time around, this is a huge opportunity for the United States men's national team. There's a lot of quality in this region in ways that there maybe haven't been in the recent past. I can't wait to watch these U.S. games. I can't wait to watch some of these other CONCACAF qualifiers. I am stoked.
2: Taylor? I agree
3: with everything that Joe said, except I call it the octagon. Do you really, Taylor? Oh, we need to we need to have this conversation. I mean,
2: huh. we're on we're on opposite sides, and we will find <laughs> it out. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, it's a battle, it's a slug, it's it's a it's a fight. You got to make your way through. That How feels like the octagon Ucho. to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, Graham, that's right. It's it so my side. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just
2: writing down that Graham is dead to me. And yeah, uh, aside from that, I I too am very excited about World Cup qualifying because it is unpredictable and it can always go certain ways. He says angrily thinking about the way it went last time. Uh, but it, it, I feel very confident about this current U.S. team. But it's also just, it's always fun. Fun is the wrong word, but I guess for me it is because I don't have to go and deal with the hostile atmosphere and the angry crowd. But to see that and to see the the intensity, I know that World Cup qualifying can be really dull, But at least in CONCACAF, I feel like you still get the like, no, these games matter, and they matter a lot. And that is the intensity that I feel like maybe sometimes can be missed when you're talking about CONCACAF to people who aren't familiar with it or didn't grow up watching it or don't have much interest in it. It's always like, yeah, but like El Salvador aren't that good. You guys are going to destroy them. And it's like, maybe, but also there's a lot of other things that go into that game uh, when the U.S. goes on the road. So, yeah, I think the chaotic nature of it would have me feeling more like nervous, especially given last time, but I, I have a lot of faith in this current U.S. team to make it and uh, to, to do so pretty convincingly.
0: And, Graham, how do you feel about Scotland, uh, a yeah. nation which hasn't had the greatest World Cup uh, qualification record, certainly in your lifetime, uh, got games coming up. Is it Moldova and Israel, I think, coming up for Scotland, if
1: I'm uh, who, correct? Who knows? It, prob- think- it probably is Israel. Play them. It's like an old <laughs> firm. There's one of them every month, it's Scotland v. Israel um i think (laughs) no i actually think we'd have the denmark moldova and austria i think yeah but uh no not very positive at all (laughs) we've got a deceptively difficult group where there's not a heavyweight in it but denmark as they showed at the euros are very good and austria are probably on a similar level to scotland but i just feel like they're slightly better than us so if we don't qualify out that group which i think is it's not going to happen is my personal opinion um, it's going to look bad, but actually, it is I think it is quite difficult that group. So I'm not that positive. I have to. say.
0: And do, does it does it fill you with dread when you come to qualification time? Whereas I'm feeling a bit blasé about it. I'm not. I'm not trying to brag about our relative nations, but do you do you do you feel like it, you're not trying to, but you're doing it expertly? Like I, that. I realise that's exactly <laughs> what I've done. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, the fact that you've got, you know, Denmark will be at the top of your, at the top of the group at the moment, Graham. And you're saying it's, mm. it's a very difficult. Certainly, to finish top of that group will be difficult. Does that? Does it? How does it make you feel?
1: Just completely apathetic. It just washes over <laughs> me at this point. Graham, sincerely, is that like it, it didn't really occur to me? Like, yeah, with the
2: US, until they didn't qualify, they had been to every World Cup since 1990, and and even now there is still this like, yeah, the, the, they they should qualify. There's an expectation that they will, and that's the same for Ryan in England, and England. It's the same for a lot of other groups out there and so t- to me like Scotland is a little bit like like Canada almost when it comes to Concacaf of like they're in the conversation sort of but like they 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 don't tend to qualify or maybe they've never qualified if you're Canada I can't remember but like it it, it and so it's interesting to me to talk to somebody who doesn't have that same level of like yeah it should go well and and I don't know if you're just uh you know being Eeyore over there but like do, do you get excited <laughs> for world cup qualifiers or do you kind of no. just stay you just stay neutral
1: the whole time no i'm i'm more negative than neutral i don't like <laughs> world cup qualifiers they've never been good to me <laughs> why would i like world cup qualifiers no but the worst thing for scotland is we have this really really bad habit of of we never start well and so the worst thing is oh, when well. after 3 games we do tend to actually do that. We tend to finish a little bit better, but starting, we're, we've got real problems starting. And even this campaign, we've not started well. We drew it home to Austria, and I think that was a game we probably needed to win. And so the worst thing is when you three games in, it's over already. The you know the Euros campaign, I think we lost to Kazakhstan in our first game, and you go, well, that's it. We're not going to qualify. And so then to go through the campaign and just have to go through the motions, knowing you're not going to qualify, is just it's so boring and. We've, that's been Scotland so many times so but it could happen tonight did. we've we played Denmark tonight and if we lose that game I think it's I think it's probably done and then we've Wait, got another six games to go but you you lost to Kazakhstan and then you made the Euros didn't you? through the Nations League
2: ah yeah. thank you thank you thank you okay I was about to say like Graham like you can still have belief man but now I'm with you yeah <laughs> never mind give up on belief give up on life it's fine come be come support the US Graham come on
1: over I mean you guys don't make World Cups either now so hey now, oh, hey <laughs> now.
2: Oh! wow I extend the olive branch, and I'm taking it away.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I take it back. You, you've still got a no. better chance. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon now.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, on that bombshell, and before we all need to go to therapy with one another, I'm going to call this one, this Soccer 101. Uh, I think we've learned uh, plenty about World Cup qualification in this one. Taylor Rockwell, thank you so much for your time on this one. Thank you so much for your time on this one, Ryan. Joe Lowry, a pledge. All right, back gotcha. And Graham, we all love you very much. We want to hug you. Bleh. Bye! (laughs)